In every film, there are minor characters that change the course of the story. Our mission is to explore those characters and give them stories of their own. This is BCD Presents No Small Parts. Carl had every kind of training available, but nothing could have prepared him for this. He had been captured, separated from his battalion, and thrown into the darkest prison he'd ever seen. There was debris everywhere, weapons, rotting food, and what looked like pieces of other prisoners. When his captor showed his face, Carl knew he was dealing with a monster, a giant creature with soulless eyes and a maniacal laugh. This being seemed beyond his understanding and lacking any kind of empathy. Carl had never been more terrified in his life. The captor tossed Carl aside when another victim caught his attention, a young girl who had attempted an escape and had been caught by the only guard, a ravenous monster with immense strength and sharp teeth. Carl took the opportunity to hide, crawling to the farthest corner of the prison, where he found a cowering group of other hostages. Looking at each of them, Carl began to imagine the fate of that young girl. Each prisoner was disfigured or mutated in some way. They were hurt, scarred emotionally and physically, and they watched helplessly as their oppressor took his next victim. Experiment, one of them whispered, gesturing to his body. Dr. Skull, another said, pointing a shaking hand. Suddenly, Carl understood. He saw the fear among them, and he no longer worried for his own fate, but theirs. Watching Dr. Skull work was the most harrowing thing Carl had ever seen. He had never felt more angry in his life. He wanted to rush out and stop this, but he knew it was no use. He would get caught by the guard and then he would be no help to the others. So Carl waited and when Dr. Skull grew tired of his sick games, Carl was ready to plan a rescue. He divided the group into teams, each with their own purpose. The first mission Carl gave them was to search the grounds for the young girl, or any survivors. He led the first team out of their hiding place when the doctor stepped out, and another group stole medical supplies to help the sick and wounded. They found the girl alive, but unrecognizable. The damage that Dr. Skull had done was unspeakable. 
Parts of her body had been removed and replaced with metal framework and machinery. The wounds rendered her unable to speak, and her face was badly injured. Even after the others cared for her, she only had one working eye. The first rescue seemed to energize the prisoners. Although they still feared Dr. Skoll, being able to do something made them feel less like victims. No matter who was taken, or what horrors were committed, they at least had each other for support. Carl continued to lead his cavalry of wounded friends as they fearlessly ventured further into the dastardly doctor's territory, helping those that had fallen victim to his atrocities. Each one saved became a soldier in the war against their wicked ruler. In order to communicate without disturbing the monstrous guard, Carl used the communication method he had learned in training, Morse code. Each time someone was taken, the others laid in wait, watching and listening. They bided their time, and when Dr. Skoll had finished, they mobilized into action, hiding the injured and healing them as best as they could. But they couldn't fix everyone, as some prisoners were completely destroyed, and the unluckiest among them were the ones that disappeared altogether. Sometimes, Dr. Skull approached the hostages, sizing them up. He would push aside the damaged ones and seek out the newest captives added to his collection. It was the shiny ones, the fresh meat that he loved to make disappear. Carl feared this would be his fate. No one understood why their captor did this. Sometimes, he would make vague demands for information on enemy secrets. Other times, he would put on his doctor's mask and claim it was for science. But Carl had a theory. Every day, Dr. Skull loomed over them like an oppressive cloud. But there was another presence. Some sort of commanding officer that controlled the doctor. Sometimes Carl could hear it call to him, and Dr. Skull would always answer. So as Carl watched the doctor pace his prison and spit cruelties to his victims, Carl understood that it was likely for one reason. Control. The doctor longed to feel like he was in control, and the only way to defeat him would be to take that feeling away. Carl knew that this was no way to live, and he refused to watch his comrades be tortured any longer. He told the others of his theory, and he would come up with a plan to help them escape. But they told him it was no use. There had been others like him, they said, other soldiers 
that had been taken and tortured. One had his limbs ripped from their sockets, and the other had a nail driven into his skull before they both disappeared. Carl knew he had to try anyway. It was a sunny June day when Carl decided to plot their jailbreak. Carl thought only of the ones they had lost to Dr. Skull, as he hid in the trenches among the other prisoners. Everyone he knew had been tortured, and today would be the end of it all. But Carl's plans changed when the group got a new arrival. Dr. Skull stomped happily into their dark realm, and a small beacon of light danced into the dank space as he loudly opened and closed a door. He tossed his newest prisoner aside as he strapped on his doctor's mask and loosened a bench clamp to lay her small head in. The hostages crowded just inside of their hiding place, watching in terror. It was another young girl with blue eyes and yellow bows in her brown hair. She looked terrified, and Carl had had enough. He crawled out of hiding as a mechanical arm reached out and grabbed his leg, stopping him. Carl looked back to see the young girl from his first day in the prison. No more, he said. If I don't complete the mission, you must find a way to get free. The mechanical girl nodded her head and let go of Carl's leg. Carl crouched out of view, watching for a moment of weakness, when the doctor wouldn't see him slip over and pull the little girl to safety. Just as Dr. Skull reached for her tiny body with his dirty hands, a voice called out from somewhere else, distracting him. It was his commanding officer, demanding he report. The evil doctor stayed close, but turned and shouted a response. Carl seized the moment to grab the little girl's hand, but there wasn't enough time. As Dr. Skull stepped back to the prisoners, Carl knew there was no escape for them. So, he did the only thing he could think of, and he rolled on top of the girl, shielding her from Dr. Skull. Carl could hear the girl whimpering, and he whispered, They will take care of you. Carl! Dr. Skull picked up the soldier with his massive hand. Where have you been hiding? Dr. Skull yelled as Carl tried not to choke on his horrifying giant's breath. I have something special for you. Dr. Skull kicked open a portal to an outside world. Carl felt like he was traveling at a hundred miles per hour as the giant carried him down steps and further from the prison. The sun was bright and Carl felt lucky to see natural light for the first time in months. 
Dr. Skull restrained Carl to a large explosive with a sticky cloth tightly woven together with gray fibers. Carl looked around at the wasteland around him. He saw fragments of missing hostages, scorch marks, and craters in the dirt. The horrible giant laughed and shouted at Carl, like a child playing a sadistic game. He picked up a giant white brick and threw it in Carl's direction, just barely missing him. Dr. Skull tossed more objects at Carl, a tactic meant to humiliate and intimidate him. It didn't work. Carl knew that these horrific sights would be the last he'd ever see, but he felt peace. It may have been his imagination, but when Carl looked up, he could have sworn he saw his comrades, with the little girl looking down on him. He lifted one hand in a salute to his friends, hoping against hope that his death would not be in vain, and that the diabolical doctor would never torture another again. Eventually, the doctor had his fill. He struck a match. Carl wondered if parts of him would survive, too, as the fuse burned down. Carl wasn't imagining things. His friends were watching, and so were others. The scene played out in the public court of a suburban backyard. In a window next door, Carl had another audience, one that had witnessed every execution at the hands of Dr. Skull. And when they saw this one, they mourned the loss of a combat Carl they did not know. You see, Combat Carl wasn't a regular soldier. He was a toy, as were his friends, as were his neighbors. And when his comrades saw the arrival of two new victims in Dr. Skull's dark prison, a cowboy and a space ranger, they decided to continue the work that Carl had started. Carl's theory about Dr. Skull was correct. He was a lost soul in search of control, a misguided kid in a Skull t-shirt. And when the toys in his room and the toys next door band together, they introduced him to chaos. This had Dr. Skull running and screaming, never to darken a doorway again. So as you can see, in the movie Toy Story, there are no small parts. <laughs>